Pelotero Pickle, episode 77, Valentine's special edition. We give you some love advice if you're a college baseball or softball player. We got a Super Bowl recap and advice for becoming a college baseball fan during the lockout. It's a good episode. Check it out. Pelotero Pickle, episode 77. It is February 14th, Valentine's Day. Special Valentine's heart-related episode today. I just want to lead into Chris being sad about Tom Brady. Chris, how are you doing today? He's a bit heartbroken. You're heartbroken. You are heartbroken. I just miss Tom, man. I can't. I don't want to watch football. What do you want me to do? Well, as a like, if this was like us in high school, and you like just broke up with your girlfriend, I'd be like, find somebody else or get over it. Stop talking about it. But yeah, I mean, I don't think you want to get over it. I don't think you want to get over it. I think you you're enjoying your misery right now because that's your only attachment to him. Um, I don't know. It's true. It's just sad to think about. It. Like you never get to watch him play football again. It's the greatest. <laughs> the, the, your only hope is to hold on to your misery. Is the greatest human of all time. I just, uh, you know, I don't want to. Uh, I just don't. I just don't want to. I don't want to see anybody else. I don't want to watch anybody else. Football's. I don't. <laughs> We're getting show notes for the for swing, swingers references. You'd be the guy like leaving seventeen voicemails, and him be like, "Never call me again." <laughs> yeah, that's all right. I, I mean, I get it. I get it. I just think it's funny. And as a friend, my job is to poke fun at you and yeah, that's fine. give you a hard time about it. Um, on a more serious note, it is Valentine's Day. College baseball season starting. High school season is getting, getting into full gear here. Relationship advice for baseball and softball players. Patrick left that out. We're an inclusive show here, Patrick. Uh, baseball softball player. Relationship advice going into season. I had multiple relationships and when girls said, why don't you love me as much as you love baseball? That's a fact. Multiple, like both in college and both of them. I was like, look, I'm not ready to get married. So like, you're not taking the top spot. Sorry. I'm dedicated to the game. Nice. I just wasn't ready to get married. Like um, I was, I was in school to play baseball and get an education and, uh, that I wasn't ready for that level of commitment. So, any, any so basically, your relationship advice is don't have a relationship. Don't have a relationship with somebody who's like super needy and wants your attention over your. Well, I mean, that's priorities. college. I, I, that's what it is. Yeah. Dating a multi-sport, dating another athlete is helpful because they have their own sure. stuff to do. They have their own like priorities, and that's helpful. I would say. Yeah, I. I mean, I. I dealt with it. I. I had. My senior year, senior yeah, my senior year, I was in a relationship, and that uh, here's the thing I said. I've been in a relationship with baseball since I was born. I've only been in a relationship with you for like seven months, so of course I like baseball more than you. Know your role. <laughs> that didn't go over well. I mean, whatever. Uh, actually, it did. I, I uh, but. In, in all honesty and being just completely transparent and candid, I think that's that's what it comes down to. It's just at a young age, you have to be honest with yourself. You have to be honest with whoever you're dating or whatever it is and just kind of call it how you see it. Honesty is always the best policy. So just let them know and it'll be what it'll be. I in retrospect, would never be in a relationship before I was 30. 30. You care to expand on that at all, or just going to let that? Uh, I mean, universe? We, we can talk about it. I'm just going to get people are just going to shit on me. So it doesn't, I mean, I just don't think, I don't think you have to meet the right person, obviously, right? You have to meet the right person. You have to 
enjoy each other's company and all those things. But stress to me is not a worthwhile thing in your life. So if anything that causes you stress is bad. Yeah, if you're in a situation that's like causing drama, causing stress, not fun all the time, start to question it. Because if you're dealing with, if you're dealing with drama in a college relationship, it's probably not going in the right direction. Yeah, that and that's I feel like I feel like most relationships at a young age, and this probably isn't fair to say, but I feel like most relationships with young people and in dramatic situations that turn into stuff they don't need to turn into, and probably because. You don't really know what you want when you're young. You don't know why you're getting into a relationship in the first place, other than surface level you know, appearance of what everybody else thinks about me type stuff. And maybe I'm wrong. That's how I felt. I, I only tried to, I was a surface level kid, so. <laughs> so in summary, don't smoke crack. Yeah, basically. That's uh, my my summary is it's really hard. That's a water boy reference for anyone that doesn't know. My summary is it's really hard to be in a relationship when you're young and trying to play a sport. Yeah, I'm going to stick to my my uh, athlete rule. Try to if you can find an athlete, and if you can't find an athlete, just find somebody supportive, which is good advice anyway, regardless of whether you're playing a sport. Uh, And if you're just getting mixed up in drama and it's distracting you from play. Maybe uh, make a decision. Cut ties. I had to break up with a girl because I wasn't getting any hits in high school. No hits? That's like you're wearing like your your batting gloves have no hits in them, so you don't use the batting gloves. (laughs) I was young. What do you want me to do? I was 17. I thought it was true. I thought there were. Well, did you start getting hits? Yeah. So there's your answer. If, if she didn't have any hits her, then I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, we joke about it, but it's baseball players are just incredibly superstitious about stuff like that. So, and when you're young, you believe all of them. You, you used to worry about losing your hits in spring training. Oh yeah, no, I was incredibly. I wasn't a little stitious. I was very stitious. That was well said, a little stitches. Yeah. Nice. Was I was cute. waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Um, yeah, so get your little candies today, mix in some flowers, do a card with a nice, meaningful handwritten note if you're into that sort of thing. And uh, just don't deal with any stress and drama. And if she asks why you don't love her as much as sport, or if he asks that, then shut her down what i would do that's what i did so we'll see i mean Let's say it's like uh it's like a romance show so Ooh, like uh i watched i watched moneyball over the weekend uh friday i watched that because i couldn't sleep so i watched moneyball <laughs> and billy bean aka brad pitt was like we gotta win the last game of the year so every relationship you're in is gonna end except for the last one so don't take it too personal it's fine Trying to win I wish game. I could go back and do that and not take it personal. Yeah, it's not easy, but... Uh, somebody needed to explain it to me better when I was a kid. I was too emotional. No. Yeah, I try- I fell in love like six times. With, I, would- I wanted to be in a relationship in high school and early in college, probably. And even when I first got out of school, I think. I I wanted to, you know, think about the fairy tale. Listen to Boys to Men and uh, All for One. Yeah, I was gonna say All for One. What you were you're all into the cheesy R and B. What's that genre of music? The soft like, rock R and B, like yeah, like the, the, the yeah. slow jams. The, uh, can, am I allowed to sing song lyrics on our show? I doubt that it'll get picked up, but go for it. I can love you like that. (laughs) I would make you my world. Like, I, that's the stuff I listen to when I work out. 
this is a funny story. The, the show should appreciate this story. And this is uh this is slow jam related. It's uh game five of the ALCS, and we had just left Toronto. We got the series back to Kansas City and we had a workout day in Kansas City. Now you have to understand something. A, I was never interested in being a music guy. B, I never got to be the music guy. C, why would I be the music guy? Right? If you think about those things. So every team's got a music guy that, that is in charge. They, they either put their Spotify or their Apple Music or their playlist on. It used to be harder when you need to have a playlist. So the workout day between game five and game six and we're it's the second bus coming so there's only a set, six guys maybe left in the clubhouse i want to i know it was me donaldson price revere i can't remember who else was there but i remember those guys specifically so i go to the i go to the music i take it and uh i just started ripping slow jams mid 90s you know, Backstreet Boys and Sync, all of it, a little bit of everything, right? And by the fourth song, every dude was singing the song in the clubhouse. So yeah. I knew, I mean, well, I don't know why people have to be in denial. Everybody loves it. I mean, they're, it's, it's not a bad genre of music. It's, it's brings, it's a lot of nostalgia. My love is all I have to give. It's a great segue for the next section, next topic. Yeah, right? perfect. So the Super Bowl halftime show. I mean, what what a what a great identifier for generational gaps the Super Bowl halftime show is. So I felt like last night was was one of the first halftime shows that were like was really dialed in for our age group yeah like a hundred percent i mean these were our high school jams yeah. just th this was the playlist of our high school generation uh i went on facebook and like older family members were like i'll never get those 15 minutes back my ears are bleeding what was what did i just listen to just people really upset about how bad the music was meanwhile <laughs> we were jamming at our house this happens every year no matter what the super bowl halftime show is somebody thinks it was fire and somebody thinks it was brutal so i think the most universal one was prince because prince he's he's universal he was good i he was in minnesota wasn't that, that was minnesota. weren't you there for that one that was justin timberlake honoring prince oh but prince did one i prince thought that might have been that way before that but this one was i mean they were in la all those rappers were yeah West Coast i guys. thought it was, it was fine. Like, it was themed i those thought were it was bangers. those all those songs were bangers yeah the songs were they were the 50 cent random appearance hanging up how did kendrick lamar get in there he's he's uh, newer yeah he was early is he a dre guy but this is there? this is once again reaffirming that nothing new is good they can't make their own movies and they can't make their own songs so we have to go back to older genres and and redo movies and redo everything so yes it was fine i i thought like but to your point it was good music I, the the difference with these guys the people that i saw on stage for the most part is none of them have done music in 10 years really they're all producers now dre and snoop and, and m they really did a disservice to the that's where the the generational gap comes Dre, from. like Dre's making headphones, Snoop Dogg's. Yeah. He just bought a bunch of stuff back. He just, Snoop just bought stuff. Yeah. Forget what it was. Like he bought either his, his music rights or his record label or something. He bought yeah. something. Uh, 50 Cent's got his, his vitamin water yeah, money. 50 Cent's, 50 Cent. Did My tweet, heart, by the way, We you guys were trying to talk trash to me in that text. Uh, so my tweet was 50 cent looking like a dollar hashtag inflation. So doing numbers. Again, I mean, it's a funny tweet at first looking thick is what I'm saying. I, so I currently, didn't... currently we're at 
737 likes, 88 retweets. Not like these aren't massive numbers, but 107,000 impressions. So I didn't even see a tweet. I didn't see the show. I was in the kitchen cooking burgers. I so I saw it, but I didn't see it. It was one of these. Scenes. You heard it, yeah. It was like it was in the background. So I didn't see. <laughs> so he did. The, it was the whole like hang upside down from his music video thing. So yeah. he's hanging upside down with a white tank top. You can't call it what you used to call it, I guess. Maybe, maybe you can. He's wearing a, a tight white undershirt tank top, and he just looked thick. He's just looking thick. So I that guy, was, remember how yoked he was when he nobody knew who 50 cent was and this guy just started dropping fire all right well now that football season is over we're dealing with not professional baseball usually that's the whole like oh now it's baseball season a lot of good tweets about now it's college baseball season which i'd like to see taking taking advantage of that so a couple questions outlook on the lockout no one in sight there's the major league baseball made a proposal on Saturday. That was, I mean, just, they could have just lit a piece of paper on fire and passed it across the table. There was no, nothing meaningful. Uh, no real outlook. Do you have any, uh, any insider info you can share, Chris? Anybody that hasn't understood that this was the plan the whole time uh, is thick Everything the league is doing is from an optics standpoint. Uh, the one thing I'll say is I give the players a lot of credit because they just don't want to cave on much of anything. Um, they're certainly willing to negotiate, but they're not going to straight cave. Uh, what I can tell you without knowing what's exactly in the proposals is that the league's not getting – they're not getting close. They're not getting close. Because if they were getting close, the players would – would have a conversation or have some dialogue. Uh, the whole way it's been structured, taking 40 days from the time that um, the lockout was announced to have their first meeting, the way they're, they're delivering their proposals, the league is actively trying to make this go longer. Um, do, you feel like the, do you feel like the league thinks they're in the position of power? Yes, they always are. Because so when, when you go into a, bargaining like this or a lockout the, the the reality is the players union has to have money to s support whatever it is they need to do i.e pay guys medical insurance for the year uh try to give them a small stipend while they are locked out so that money that the union uses for that they have a war chest which is basically fully funded by union dues that the players pay. So figure at any given point in time, depending on how many players on an active roster, because even guys that are hurt count. So let's call it 30 guys per team. So 30 times 30 is 900. You have about 900 guys active at any given point in time that are paying a daily fee to the union. And it's probably 75, 80. I think my, when I was there was 70, they raised it. I think they raised it twice since then. So we're probably paying $85 to $90 a day. I'll do um, the math at $85. So that's $7,650 a day. It's more than that. I think you're missing a couple zeros. 90 times 85. $7,685. Oh, I, th I thought you were doing, but you didn't. Uh, that was 30, 30 players times 30 teams. It's 900 players times $85. 30 times 30, I think I was missing zero, times 85. So 76,000, that's an extra zero. 76,000 a day times 30 days, 2.3 a month going Yeah, in. so, and it's 184 days a season that you're paying dues for. So um, that's 76,000. You're trying to put away- How many days? How many days? 184 days of season. So 14 million. So essentially over the course of five years, right? From one CBA to another. Is it, are, uh, are licensing fees included? In that uh, the union makes money other ways too, but the bulk of the money. So you're talking about $75 million that gets stashed away for, for the players, right? 
your goal, I think, going into a bargaining is to have about 150 uh, so that you can extend the time that you can hold out for so that the league that can't use that as leverage. The league knows the longer they go, the more the players need to get back on the field because you're talking about billionaires versus millionaires or hundred thousand heirs or young players don't have money heirs. Um, let's put it this way. There's a reason why the, the owners own the team. They're billionaires. They, 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 they have way more. So a billionaire can go into his pay, piggy bank a lot quicker than a hundred thousand air can if depending on the lifestyle they live in to pay their employees and staff and team fees and stuff like that so yeah but there's are there are there what happens with like tv deals those get suspended do they there's got to be there's got to be clauses in there for if a lockout happens. yeah the, listen money's not coming in and not yeah. not a lot of it anyway you're still getting X amount of dollars for a t-shirt and hat sales, which is probably less. and Probably a lot less. Yeah. It, but the point is the, the, the owners are always in a stronger position than the players. And again, if the league really wanted this to be settled, it would be settled. Uh, I, I'm not even coming at this from just a full player point of view that do you realize when the lockout happened, they didn't need to lock out that they, they, they could yeah, they, they actively did it. Yeah. Yeah. They, they just, they said, guys, you're not allowed to come to our facilities basically. Um, so it's all pretty stupid to me. I, I it would have been, you could have locked yourself in a room for a week or two weeks and you figured it out, but that's they're They've, cho they've chosen not to do that. So I, uh, I don't respect it. Maybe I do. I don't. I don't know. I, I <laughs> from a pure business standpoint, it's they're they're making the move that they think. Yeah, it's but right. I don't even know what they're fighting for, Bobby. Because at the end of the day, all the things that the players are asking for are gonna are gonna make the game better. So they're gonna fundamentally they're gonna make your product better. So if your product's better, in theory, you should generate more revenue. You think product uh, revenue or profit sharing is one of the biggest sticking points? Uh, I. I it's all about core economics. It's it's about understanding core so, economics. So that's like a, that's a catchphrase. What what does core economics mean? So, in nineteen eighty, whatever it was, and nineteen ninety again, they the league tried to dissect how much players should get out of the the, the pie. But the problem is the owners have never shown their books to the players. Never. They've never opened them up. So every time an owner cries poverty, the players say, prove it. Right. You know, because if you, don't, you everything that, that the union does based off projections instead of actual numbers. So it's hard to believe an ownership group when these teams are getting these massive valuations on a year to year basis. Cause they, they, I mean, they have, they're followed, you know, business publications follow the teams and have inside information. So they give these teams valuations. So you, they make assumptions based on revenue. So uh, you have total numbers at the end of the year of, of, of contracts and, and uh, money and licensing deals. So, you project and you know what the teams are making in some capacity. Uh, the redistribution of money. That, the issue is all about the middle class, right? The issue is about the middle tier free agent when it comes to players and how they're being valued. So you have to balance how much a rookie's making and how much that that free agent would normally get. So that's why they're trying to raise the floor for the minimum for, for younger players. I mean, that, uh, that number is so insignificant. If, if you raised it by $200,000 and there's 10 rookies on the team, it's $2 million. Like it's, yeah, it, it, it doesn't pay guys 35 million and you're going to give the rookies an extra two. Well, but that that's the, the, the point of, I think the, the whole 
the whole contention comes from owners believing that players don't matter. What they do know that matters is superstars. They know superstars matter. And that's why they're willing to pay Mike Trout 35 or $40 million. That's why they're willing to pay Marcus Stroman, you know, 25 million. That's why they're willing to pay Garrett Cole 30 million because they understand the power of that player to their organization, right? They understand the power of that star. The players have argued from the beginning that players are more important than the team or the logo or the brand. And it's, there's probably a blend in there somewhere. Right. But can't play the game without players. They tried to play with scabs 20 years ago, you know, and it didn't work. It's just, it's, uh, it's frustrating because if they work together, which is what the, the agreement is essentially trying to do is trying to get them to work together. There's got to be proper incentive to do that. And everything's contentious. Just work together. Just everybody, like, there's, there's, when there's too much greed involved, it causes problems. Or if I, I read something the other day and it was talking about um, um, management and it was talking like managers and employees and it said the, you never want, your employees feel like you're working for them. You want to feel, you want your employees to feel like you're working, like the manager's working for the employee. Yeah. You said it the wrong way first. You don't want the, you don't want the employee to feel like they're working for the manager. You want the employee to feel like the manager's working for them. Yeah. And in this situation, did you see there was a, uh, it starts in the minor leagues. There was an article that came out. uh, Trainees. Yeah. About, yeah. It was calling the, the, the justification for not paying players in spring training. They're like, oh, we give them life skills and we, you know, we offer them $2,200 worth of training per week. They should be thankful for that. And it's like, like you're building an asset. You're, you're literally making an investment into a player that makes you money. It's like, you're, it, it's crazy to me. And like, you should be feeding them well. You should be helping them sleep better by giving them housing and like reducing stress in their lives. It's just. Putting them in better trials. You treat them like cattle. They're gonna they're gonna act pissed off because they're not cattle. So how about this? I'm gonna tell you. So that that precedence gets set early, and then you come up through the ranks and you get. How about this one? How about this one? When you play in the minor leagues, right, and you play for a minor league affiliate, the travel for that minor league affiliate is paid for by the organization that you're playing for, not the major league org. So when I played for the Buffalo Bisons, the Buffalo Bisons were on the hook for travel for our team, not the Toronto Blue Jays. So if you think about that, you want to know how you end up having crappy travel situations in minor leagues? Make a broke-ass minor league team have to be in charge of travel. You think there's any scenario in which the AAA team is going to – pay for first class accommodations and travel or let you travel the night after the game instead of traveling the morning of travel in the minor leagues is a joke. It's an absolute joke. And the fact that they've been continued to like, just let people get away with it is egregious. Wild. Uh, so in summary, lockout's not going anywhere. Um, yeah. Chris, if you were a player right now, what would your process be? Hey, well, I've been somewhere warm. I know. <laughs> well, so the, the, I think the bigger, the question in my mind is there's a ramp up time and you need a certain number of at bats. You want to see live pitching. Would you want to have too long of a ramp up time? Is there, is there like six weeks you want to get going? Is it two weeks? Does it matter to you? Are you expecting a full spring training or an abbreviated spring training? Like how much time are you trying to budget for to be like, all right, now is my official like get locked in mode because you can't you can't just sustain like i'm in full prep mode can you would you there's got to be some build up some phasing i mean i don't think you can over get ready from a 
from like an energy budgeting standpoint. Oh yeah. I mean, like you're getting ready to play 162 versus 140 versus 130 versus like, you don't know when it's going to really ramp up game playing games is different than practicing. Sure. Like being I, I on your feet all day, but, like being in spikes. No matter what they do, spring training is going to be long enough that every player should be fine. Uh, the only thing that would be different is I would. So most of the time, we're talking about this for the thing that we're, you know, going to try to do or whatever. Yeah. I would, if I was a fringe guy that was trying to go in and make a club, I'm getting at bats before spring training, right? I'm trying yeah. to. Alternatively, I asked Edwin Encarnacion how many times he hit before spring training. He goes, like twice. Literally, he picked up about twice before spring training. So, yo no va down en la season. That's, I don't hit in the offseason. Yo no voy a batear. That's how everyone sounds. A lot of guys wait till January 1. Some guys will be like after Thanksgiving. Some guys will like start lifting around Thanksgiving and then start ramping up the baseball skills after. So, it's just like a, if you don't know when you're starting, like you said, if you're a veteran, you just you're chilling anyway. Yeah, I'd take BP and maybe do a couple plyos. Go to the beach somewhere. But if you're trying to make a team, you're Yeah, if you're you're hustling. You're, if you're the guy that's uh playing for a roster spot 23, 24, 25, 26. Yeah, you're probably hustling around. Probably any thoughts on the uh, any thoughts on Universal DH? Whatever. <laughs> this, Thanks for that. Thank you for your service and your opinion there. Yeah, I mean, listen, every from a baseball standpoint, it's I appreciate I appreciate having different style of play. Yes, it sucks. It's terrible. All they're trying to do is ramp offense back up because hitters suck. So they need to put another hitter in the lineup. If you look at the splits when they went to the universe, the DH in both leagues. It didn't change anything. Hitters still sucked. Whatever. Do you like the do you like the National League strategy, like end of game stuff? There's or? a whole different there's a whole different element of playing. It's been true for a hundred years and we're changing it because Rob Manfred doesn't like that the league hit two forty. Whatever. Do whatever you want. I personally like the two different styles of play. Yeah, exactly. And I understand there, the there's argument. a completely different strategy to managing in the National League than there is in the American League. When there's a pitcher that goes up and just keeps his bat, literally keeps his bat on his shoulder and just turns around and walks back, that sucks. Yeah, that so, also sucks. But it's also a business business decision. But I mean, is it, Bobby? How about play? Like people, how about you play until you get hurt? Like let's just stop assuming that we can predict when people get hurt. You're gonna get me frustrated. I like I like different leagues with different rules. Yes, because then, like when you go interleague, then it's different strategy. In the yes. World Series, it's different strategy. Like there's advantage and disadvantage both ways because then you got a guy that's not used to DHing needing to DH, and you get pitchers. There is no, there hit. will be no strategy in baseball anymore. Literally, we're gonna go robot strike zone. No D, no uh, full universal DH. Ban Who are you shift. pitching for? Ban the shift. <laughs> Just. Uh, what other rules in, can in, an, in an American league lineup? You ain't got to pinch it for nobody. Maybe one guy. Maybe, maybe, uh, Matt the Toronto Blue Jays were pinch hitting for one person. It was Ryan Gomes. That was it. We had one guy we were pinch it for. Oh, uh, courtesy runners for the catcher. I saw that one on Twitter. I think that'd be great. Strategically. Just, just have one guy that's super fast come out and run for the catcher every time. You've Speed literally taken all strategy out of baseball. So, the, like, matchups are stupid. I mean, I I agree with Patrick. Screw pinch hitters. Pinch hitting is really hard. I agree with that part. Pinch hitting is difficult. But just from a strategic standpoint, there will be nothing – that is that you yo, we're gonna match up he G Man Choi or Yandi Diet. We're gonna have our righty lineup and our lefty lineup, and the Rays are gonna try to play musical matchups in the middle of games, and then they're gonna get screwed because they're when they face an opener in the third inning, they're gonna go, you know, blah, 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 and and this and that, and you know, I, whatever. That 
there is strategy in the National League. Double switches, having to use guys differently, like when the pitcher ends up in the three hole because you need to move the lineup. That's, that's definitely a completely different strategy in the American League. Producer Patrick's active in the chat, in the Zoom chat today. Uh, he's claiming that it's boring. That's fine. Strategy. It's great. It's. I don't I, think it's boring. I think it's that's but, the game. I but even if it game. is boring. And I like Dr. Dre and Eminem. Baseball is like supposed to, to be boring. boring. Like, <laughs> just because a young person thinks it's boring doesn't mean everybody should change everything. When we were young and we got bored, people said, screw it, you'd be bored. And I said, okay, sorry, I keep my mouth shut. That's the difference. Like, how many times did we say things were boring when we were kids? Well, we didn't have iPhones to, to take out and yes. learn anything we want. I saw, I heard something this morning. I heard something this morning that said, knowing things doesn't matter anymore, knowing where to find things matters more, which is true. Don't need to know anything. You have every fact in the world in your pocket at all times. So basically, when you take the SATs, know where to have your phone. Well, you need to know how to do it fast, which is a skill. Because you can either know it and have, have it readily available in your brain, or you can just have a way to find it. College baseball is about to start. I hope it started. You're not paying attention. Division one, division one baseball. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll, division we'll, two started. Why we we hey D two guy over here, bro? <laughs> Sorry, D two and college softball started. ESPN announced like two thousand something games for baseball, three thousand for soft. I think there's more softball games than baseball games, which is great. yeah. Oddly enough, Alabama's four and zero to start here in softball. Weird not surprising so if you're a base typically an mlb fan and you need to pick a college team how do you go about doing that just the most random name with the best mascot like i'd go with like the eastern middle tennessee state tech AM muskrats that's how i would do it there was a some twitter post the other day and it was like a school in san diego it was like Pacific Nazarene Lazarus something. The most beautiful field, literally like through the outfield fence, you see the ocean. Mike, how did I not know about this school? I should have gone there. There's a lot of places that nobody knows about. There's so many schools that you've never heard of. Uh, they all stream. Like Everybody's think, streaming. Division two schools are streaming. Even basically, yeah, basically every school in the country streaming games. Uh, highly recommend going to games especially if you're a player thinking about playing college baseball or with aspirations. I highly recommend not living in a cold climate or playing sports there. Yeah, that's useful. Advantageous. But I think you just start with like local kids that have gone out to play and follow their teams, get into the box scores. Yeah. Uh, so like Evan Slight. He's I'm going to have five screens on. Yeah, Evan Slight, he's at Rutgers. We're going to watch Rutgers. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm checking box scores. I'm checking season stats, schedules. When I see a game I can play, I I watch. I'm going to have five screens on. He's a Massachusetts kid, so you watch. So that's a good place to start. Go, like, no kids from your local area. Follow them. See how they're doing. I'm going to have five screens on on Friday. What games are you going to watch? Do you know? Well... The first one's going to be Ruckus. Second who one's... Huh? Who, are they opening, who are they opening against? Uh, that's a good question. I wasn't paying attention. Uh, I'd have to check. There's too many games. Then Alabama is playing Xavier. X to the Z. There's no Z in Xavier. No. Uh, I have Northeastern. Um, I will have Rollins College on. And I'll have probably Quinnipiac on. Duke? Quinnipiac, and I'll have Duke on. Those are the six games that I'm interested in for now. It's a good good slot, good uh, good assortment of games. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, go to the website, go to the baseball page, click on the schedule. Basically, every single game has either live stats and or streaming. A lot of the games are on ESPN 3. So if you have an ESPN account, 
You can watch everything. Yeah, but you still have to get the uh, the ACC network package for ESPN Plus. That's weird. Well, the uh, when everything went streaming, that was the biggest trick they got everybody to do because they're like, now you just got to pay eighteen different people instead of one. Yeah, but uh, go to games, watch watch them on TV. Uh, how to be an active college baseball watcher, learner slash fan. Uh, pitchers throw strikes. Do they throw strikes? Yes or no? Can they play defense? Yes or no? Are their hitters on time and making loud noises? Yes or no? If Who teams makes, learn how, mistakes? if teams learn how to throw strikes and catch the ball, they can be good college baseball teams. Throw strikes, catch the ball. Don't make mistakes. It's it's pretty incredible to see how there's a lot of teams that are very polished, but the college game compared to the professional game, there's just the pro players are so much more polished. College game's faster. Guys go too fast. Yeah, they got to go. They got to hurry. They don't understand the time clock. They play hot potato. Come yeah. here. <laughs> I hope that would be a good gift to me. <laughs> Feel the ball. Hey, happy day. <laughs> I could, when just, I, just make so many mistakes. And I remember. I could, but the, the reason they make mistakes is because they get emotional about it. Everybody gets emotional. Like I tell people this all the time. Just stop being emotional about baseball. Just stop. Don't make a mistake and turn it into 14 more. That's the problem. Your heart rate gets up. As soon as somebody makes an error in a big spot, you go, <laughs> Oh my god. And then you panic. Make another one. If I was a young kid going to a college baseball game, I would watch the guy on deck, watch him between pitches, watch him between innings, pay attention to communication. I'm thinking about like a shortstop, just like watch how he goes about his business. Then copy him. Then try to be like him. And I would definitely not go to school where they wore the wristbands. It's just normal now. The earpiece, I, I'm a big – I think the earpiece is absurd. So – Are they still doing funny, that in agency? Funny story. Because I got a, a text about that last night uh, watching um, Boston College inter-squad the other day. And uh, BC is finally going to the earpiece. You don't like it, but if you had the opportunity to do it, you would, right? I think it's terrible. Sure. You don't like it. You think it's terrible for baseball. But so isn't it a better way to communicate signs than anything else? Just like you're completely opposed to the wristband, I feel that way about the headset. I'm asking you, if you're the pitching coach and you have the ability to be in your catcher's ear the whole game, oh. are you not taking it? It, from a baseball standpoint, it's brutal. It's Don't so get bad. me wrong. It's so bad. From a pure, like, does it help facilitate and give you a better chance to win? Probably. But yeah, so also, you're taking advantage of it every day of the week. Also, I'm gonna, I would let my catcher call his own pitches. Sure. So, I would talk to him. I would just have a conversation with him. I would sit there and say, hey, here's what I'm thinking right now. You know, this is what I would do. This is what you could do. And then let him go. I think it's an educational opportunity more than it is anything else. I just I the more coaches turn the players into chess pieces, the the more I but don't like it. There, nobody's given a lot of freedom to explore stuff like that. I can't. I calling a game from the dugout makes no sense to me. But I watch like, college baseball coaches try to justify their jobs and their salaries and get the next job and get the next job and I literally it's stupid. That's why I hate it sometimes. I hate the earpiece. I think it's. Part of the game is giving signs with the opportunity for the team to take them and steal them. Do you need better yeah. signs? Uh, the earpiece. It's part of the game. Me, I, like I said, the earpiece is an educational opportunity. But yes, I agree with you. It's stupid. Is he just like open dialogue to the catcher the whole yeah, game? Yeah, I would be sitting there and be like, hey, man, <laughs> uh, you know, check out the fifth row. See, look right above the, the Wake Forest dugout. <laughs> Oh, if the you, kid does something wrong, you're like, um, you got to block that ball. What do you think? Like, hey, I'm about to go get a hot. I'd, I'd rip that thing out if I was a catcher. I'd be like, stop talking to me. I just, I would just tell him, 
But at the same, so the, in the NFL, they went to the, the, the quarterbacks have it in their ears. I really have no problem with the earpiece in terms of the tool itself from the standpoint of strategically. I hate that there's like an actual wire that goes up. Are they wireless now? Like, is it just like, no, still got a wire. That's so, that's so bad. If it was in, if it was built into the helmet, like the uh, quarterbacks do. It would be. It, it would look terrible. They got like the curly wire going up to the earpiece, like they're on the set of ESPN. It's absolutely atrocious. Okay. Terrible. Uh, last thing we got. Actually, not last thing. Any advice for college players going into their opening season, opening series? Breathe. Just breathe. Slow it's it down. A, it's a big deal. Everybody gets excited and Slow try down. to play on the and and all that good stuff and don't get don't get excited about a four for four don't get upset about an over four yeah stay the course it, you know what's funny is like everybody's trying to do lineup projections because coaches don't communicate with with anybody nobody communicates with anyone so everybody's a little bit nervous about the opening day lineup if i were the coach of the team i would have put the opening day lineup out three weeks ago or you would know if you're a college coach and your players don't know who the starters are by now, tell them. Just let them know. Just they're stressed out. They're freaking out. They you don't should know. just be communicating with players. I wish college coaches would do that more. I wish college coaches understood the nerves that go into stuff. Look, there's a part of you that wants to challenge guys, and there's a you have to balance it. And but just I don't put your arms around guys and let them know that. It's okay. They have permission to fail and mess up and communicate with your players, guys that are going to be on the bench, guys that are going to be in the lineup. Try to do the best you can of getting – having a 12- to 13-man rotation with your position players because you're going to need those guys somewhere toward the end. Um, Have an extra infielder, have an extra outfielder, an extra catcher that you go to often – enough that they stay involved that they're staying fresh getting at bats I, I hate when i watch i've watched two or three different teams where a guy caught the whole every game the whole season and i'm like what it's you know talking about 55 game schedule i'm not saying you can't handle it physically but you you need the other guy because especially if something goes wrong you know yeah just talk don't freak out. Just don't freak out. If you make a mistake, take a deep breath. I would love to just be a coach in college and just sit there. My legs crossed. Sorry, I'm in too far away from my I'd sit there with my legs crossed. Let's go play. Go go get them, guys. Good luck. Yeah. Hey, have a good game. I what's up with the meetings down the right field, left field line? Like pregame, postgame? Yeah, post game. I used to always do it as a coach. I know, but can't you do that somewhere else? Well, so I did it because it's away from the parents. And like, if you just stay in the dugout, the parents are hovering. I want to go just talk to my players. So I. If you're a college baseball team, you either have to get on a bus or go in a clubhouse after. Correct. One of those two. It's just a. It's just a little recap. Like you're, you can't say you don't want them to communicate, and then. No, 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 but okay. I, I don't. Usually there's, usually there's a little post-game stretch. Are you game. getting on a bus or going into a clubhouse? Is Am I correct in saying that? Yeah, usually that's happening. Okay, so if one of those two things is happening, why can't you just do it in there? Because you just do it on the field and it's done. Yeah, I think that's stupid. Okay. I, I, I did it just to get away from the parents and just have an opportunity. Yeah, because you were coaching a travel organization – it was not near parent that, that didn't have clubhouses. And even when you were at, did you coach at what's it called? No, you didn't coach there. I coached at Riv. I coached at oh, Riv. Yeah. yeah. I did it there. You didn't too. have no clubhouse. They don't even know what a clubhouse is there. No. There's a clubhouse in the tree where Charlie Brown and his friends play. Yeah, no clubhouse. Uh, post show, should MLB players do jersey swaps post game? They already do just behind the scenes, but I'm talking yeah. public, public on the field. 
there the the one big video that went that was like a big deal was when Donaldson did it with Vladdy Jr. Which was there's like a personal like JD was coming back to Toronto. Vladdy's the new guy there. So it was like a passing as a guard type situation. I don't know. Come back next week for more riveting analysis from Chris Colbell. And what do you think? NFL, NFL guys play 16 games. So when they do it, it's kind of part of like the big. It would have to be the end of the series. It's a big mishmash after games. Like when you play I don't, think it makes, I don't think it makes sense for baseball. When you play 162, it's weird. If you want somebody else's jersey, you talk to them on the field and you say, hey, either you talk to the clubby, you buy your own through the team, you have to buy them and you get them signed. It's different because like soccer matches, the game ends and they all kind of like shake hands and it's just like camaraderie thing. Football game ends, they all go on the field. Baseball game, if the game ends, you go in the clubhouse. You go the opposite direction. Baseball is basically the only sport where you don't have a – Basketball does that as well. They, they get together. Yeah, baseball is the only sport where you don't have a mishmash on the field. Yeah. So, the with Donaldson going back, and it was like a milestone-ish kind of thing, kind of get it. It was still kind of weird because it just doesn't happen. But I don't think it makes sense for baseball. And it all happens behind closed doors anyway. Like, if you want a bat, you just send the clubby over and say, hey, give me a bat or send me a bat. The only time you talk to the guys in baseball is during stretch. Right. So, that yeah, all the mishmash happens pregame, Four. not postgame. So, I'm out. No. I vote no on Article seven. Article 6.7-347. And we'll swaps? No. See you out there. Pelotero Pickle is officially off jersey swaps. On that note... I'm out. I don't know about pickle though. You're not gonna do it. You can do it. No, it's your thing. Hey, pickle out. <laughs>